When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sidney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome into Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. You can also find us every single day, Monday through Friday, on Dash Radio. That's the Dash Radio app. It's free. And then download that. And after you do that, search for nothing but net. And you will find us every day from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Pacific. Also check out FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell it out, F-I-V-E reasonsports.com for all of our free content. We do not have a paywall. We cover all of the South Florida teams. You can also find our YouTube channel and our merchandise there. And we now have 12 different Miami Heat shirts for you to choose from. If you use the code FLOORPASS, that's FLOORPASS, you'll get 10% off your entire order. Also, check out all of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All of them are local here in South Florida. All of them are Miami sports fans, and all of them have been really supportive of us. So please support them. One of them is the Gonzalez and Tybor Law Firm. You can find them at bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. That's bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. A recent report showed that over 45% of people use their stimulus checks to repay debt. This is money that could have and should have gone to cover living expenses. Even before the pandemic, household debt in this country, especially credit card debt, was going up and it was hurting families and small businesses. Nobody likes to consider bankruptcy as an option for dealing with your debt, but bankruptcy is actually one of the few laws that exist to actually help consumers. So before you make another debt payment that you cannot afford or do something drastic, like empty out your 401k, or borrow money from friends and family, why don't you talk to a professional about your options? Contact Gonzalez and Tybor. That's bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. The phone number is 954-378-8184. 954-378-8184. An attorney will answer your call. Consultations are always free. It can be done by telephone or video conference. Again, don't hesitate. You got any issues with that? 954-378-8184. Eight four, and now 
today's episode. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. We've got a split squad today. This is uh, our floor plan. It's a little bit like a uh, spring training game where we send half the squad one place. Uh, you know, one, half the squad goes to Jupiter. Uh, the other half goes to Melbourne. Uh, so we've got Alphonse Sidney hosting the postgame stream tonight, as he's been doing. He's been racking up ridiculous numbers over there. I'm hosting this. He's got Alex Toledo and others over there, including the debut of Tiffany Meek. So make sure you check that out on our YouTube channel. I've got Greg Sylvander and Brady Hawk, who um, was prescient today. He called Duncan Robinson making six threes. I don't think any of us were prescient on the pregame show because we all thought that the Heat would close this thing out. They did not today. Lost in overtime. It's now 3-1. They lost even though Giannis got hurt while he was playing extremely well early in the game. He hurt his ankle again. Uh, looked more severe this time. Did not return to the game, but the Bucks actually played better without him and won 118 to 115. I'm going to let you guys jump in here. My overall take on this, the Heat did not come with a consistent, at times they did, but not with a consistent intensity you need to close out a team that's playing, not just for its season, but in some ways for its future. Um, and I, I just don't think, I mean, they, Miami had a 40-point third quarter, but too much, to, to me, there was too much standing around. There was one incident or one sequence where they were playing zone, there was a shot that came off the back rim, and Jimmy was one of the people just staring at the ball and it ended up being an offensive rebound. And I counted like four or five of those occasions in the second half. To me, Greg, just not enough intensity today. Yeah, no, it was absolutely complacency, and um, it, they didn't deserve to win this game. So the, the humbling should be healthy in certain ways, but you never like to see it in, in terms of – um, you know, it did feel like the offense got a lot more stagnant, but then you turn around and look and they had 33 assists um, on, on their 40 made field goals. So um, it, it really wasn't, I can't point to one particular thing that really jumps out other than when Milwaukee was forced to adjust and play with a little bit more space and get these guys downhill like Bledsoe and Middleton um, some of the things that used to rear their ugly head at Miami from a point of attack perspective started to show themselves. And I just think that Miami was probably thinking that they were going to cruise in this game. So there was a little bit of a letdown that way. And um, that slippage, I think, will get fixed going into game five. Brady, was this more intensity or strategy when Giannis went out? I think it was a little of both. But I think, it, like Greg said, I think it was much of intensity one of the main things I think Jimmy Butler kind of took too long to try to get going on the offensive side. You know, he does that in a lot of games. He waits to try to go into the fourth quarter to get himself going to kind of take over on the offense, trying to get the attack, the rim and everything else. But I think he kind of waited too long and it kind of got away from them in that, in that overtime. So I think that was a main part. And, you know, that's just obviously the star, but I think there's other things. Bam played a great game. Um, one of the major things I think was the, just the bench unit. They have, they, I think they scored 14 points. And the whole game as the bench did. And most of those points came from Tyler Hero at the end of, uh, of the fourth quarter and everything in overtime. So I think that was played a big part because we talked about that Miami's bench is what sets them apart from everybody else. When everybody else's bench benches enter, Miami's bench is kind of, it's just as good of a, of a lineup scoring wise usually. So I think that was right. the biggest part looking at the, just nobody else really um, stepped up on the opposite side. Well, okay, and, and I'm with you on that. And, and, look, this is the first time in the playoffs, you know, obviously we've, we've had high praise for Eric Spolstra, uh, but we've, we, to me I've got to be objective all the time about this. This was not his best game. Um, 
there were some things in this game that were a little odd in addition to obviously the team coming in, not playing with the intensity it needed, which, you know, obviously he'll take some responsibility for, but I, I thought some of the stuff that was done was a little odd. For instance, Giannis goes out of the game. You got to make a major adjustment, obviously, because you're going to play a team that's going to move the ball more, rely less on ISO. They did ISO up Middleton when they could, when they got the right matchup. But to me, the, the, the biggest thing was, so you, you, you've got a, you got a team that's lost its star and has already been playing a little thin in this series to begin with because they haven't been getting great bench production. And you went seven deep in the second half. Um, I know Kendrick Nunn did not have good first half minutes. And so I was kind of expecting maybe Derek Jones Jr. would get his minutes in the second half just for some energy. Me too. But Right, but then Noah Linick either. So he played seven. And I know you don't know that a game's going to go to overtime, but again, I'm looking at the minutes. And look, it, look it's not a back-to-back, okay? Um, and, you know, we talk about the conditioning of this team. But the minutes were Bam 44. I mean, he looked the same at the end as he did at the beginning. I mean, he's got his wind, obviously. <laughs> we're worried about that early in the bubble. We're not anymore. Dragic played 40 minutes. And I think it showed late in the game. I mean, he ended up one of nine from three. I thought he – and five of 17 overall. I thought he looked gassed. Um, Jimmy played 39 minutes. Like you mentioned, Brady, he took a long time to kind of engage. And then he did engage for a certain sequence in, in you know, the fourth and into overtime. I really thought – he was going to take over the overtime. I, I felt like Middleton was on his heels and Jimmy looked like he was going to take it over and it just didn't totally happen. Jay played 31 minutes. Hero played 33. Duncan played 39. I didn't realize it was that many. Um, even though he wasn't in the original closing lineup in regulation, Iguodala played 22. Olenek played 10. None played eight, but those minutes came in the early um, yeah, that, that's what you have any issue with him doing this in a closeout game. I guess you could say, well, these guys could rest for nine days, but I thought they would have had a better chance to win this game if he mixed in someone else in the second half. It, it's more that to me, like ultimately I know why Spolster did this is that he was thinking, let's just lay it all out there, get this game over with. If we get it, then everybody gets a week off. But even just from a sheer on-court perspective, take all that aside, I felt like Olenek, even in his minutes in the first half, he missed a couple threes and stuff like that. Before rebounds, three assists, he was active. So there was definitely an opportunity for him to get some minutes because another guy that looked gassed at the end, and you could tell by the way his three-point shots looked, was Jay Crowder. And they're really relying on him to do so much defensively as well that I felt like Olenek could of, and Derek Jones Jr. to a lesser extent could have helped to have these guys a bit fresher because now you got to turn around and play um, in another day. You know, there's only a day off. So now you're going to see the implications of some of that overtime, heavy minute stuff in the next game. And you just hope that now they'll approach it with a little more um, tenacity and get it done. I'll say this too, and then I'll jump, Jabrady can jump in here. By the way, um, Eric, uh, we've got. Um... Alex is on the, the Zoom calls right now, and he just quoted Spolster, who said they really deserve to win this game, which is kind of a version of we got what we deserve, which is this quote I thought Spolster was going to use today. But they, they played harder. Um, they played harder than Miami did. I don't think there's any question. Um, and, I, you know, Chris Middleton, I, you know, I've made some jokes. I, I think Chris Middleton is a very good player. Okay, I call him swingman Mo Williams because I don't think he's a true number two on a championship team. But he took over today when he had to. He was 0 of 6 in the fourth. But then he got, he got his second wind in the overtime. I thought Jimmy did a great job on him. Others, not so much. I didn't really love – let's go through some of the sequences, guys, uh, before we go big picture again. Some of the things that happened at the end of this game before we put it to bed. Um, that 
the, the Middleton shot in overtime toward you know, that basically sealed this thing. Was that a switch? Cause I got to rewatch it. Why, why was hero on Middleton in that circumstance? And then Crowder's um, double, which Jeff Van Gundy mentioned, but it was really late and kind of not a typical Jay Crowder double team closeout where we've seen him be so aggressive. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure about that. The Middleton shot, I think it was a pick, and then Hero had to switch. That's what I'm, I'm pretty sure. But, but Middleton kind of seemed like he was searching for that three that whole possession. He kind of seemed like he wanted to put it away right there and not give Miami a chance, especially with how he's been shooting the whole night. So I think that's part of it. And the other play with the Crowder double team, I noticed that as well. I think that it, it could have been a good double team because actually it almost worked, but it, I think that uh, it was late, like you mentioned. Jay Crowder just came in here, by the way. I'm going to read some of these quotes as they come in from Alex, and he's going to share these on the stream too. Jay Crowder said, we didn't play with the same intensity we had in previous games. we got to come out with a different mindset, different mentality starting game five and play with that mentality for the entire 48 minutes. It's that simple. I thought he did at some times. I thought Bam did. I don't think anybody else did. I'm just looking. I mean, I know Duncan had the six threes. It's not intensity you're looking for from him. I just didn't think generally they came out with it. And it really – it really is Jimmy that sort of sets the tone with that. And he wasn't yeah. all there in this game. Jimmy and Gorn. Jimmy and Gorn. Those are the two guys that they, that they're going to nest. They, they're going to rely on them to set the tone. And, um, and although they picked their spots, it wasn't, when you see Jimmy Butler only having six free throws like that, that's just a clear indication that he did not get as involved as you'd like. And while we're talking about like certain plays in the game, I look at uh, Bam play when it was uh, a loose ball and there was four guys on the floor on the Bucks and he kind of dove on the floor and it ended up being a, a tip ball and he ended up getting it. I think that that play right there just defines Bam Adebayo. You look at him as you talk about the intensity, he brings intensity every single play. So that's what I, I kind of brought away from, took away from just that game of, with, with the intensity that you talk about. Bam kind of stood out as the guy because I kind of talked about before the game that, that Jimmy – it's going to be interesting kind of see how Jimmy reacts to a game that he's up 3-0, if yep. he's going to kind of take, take initiative of just kind of closing this out right now. And it kind of seemed like he didn't really do that all the way through. You know what's interesting about that, Brady? I, I do think we've kind of mischaracterized this at times. I think, you know, Bam is the steady compass in terms of that energy. Jimmy can be a little bit more up and down. And I, I again, not to psychoanalyze here, but I feel like Jimmy embraces the underdog role more. Um, you know, when, when he has to give it to save something or to, to push his team forward, playing from ahead is different. And, you know, we always want, you know, your big, big stars to kind of have that killer instinct. Okay. Put a team away. Sometimes that's harder um, to generate than, okay, I'm down three, two, when I have this desperation and I got, and I even think at times LeBron embodied that, you know, I mean, again, the, the game in Boston we talk about that was down 3-2, basically the whole Heat, you know, era at stake. Um, at times when the Heat were up 3-0 in a series, I think back to that Philly series that first year, the Knicks series, remember, I mean, some of these, like they didn't have that – he didn't have it in that last game the way he did in others. And I kind of feel like Jimmy is somewhat like that, whereas you're right. Like Bam is always going to be there. Now, the numbers on Bam specifically, and, and we're going to touch on individual players after the break, but – 44 minutes, 26 points, 12 rebounds, four offensive, eight assists, a steal, just one turnover, just one foul, which was a problematic foul <laughs> at the end. Um, I, I wish they would stop fouling jump shooters. And, and 10 of 13 
field goals, six of six from the line, which we're starting to take for granted in 44 minutes. Statistically, this is the best big game he's ever had, right? I mean, well, and considering the stage, it's definitely his best playoff game. It's a shame that they squandered it with a loss, but it's good to see him kind of get into that groove and have a really big breakout game. You hope that now uh, Gorn and Jimmy just elevate slightly. And um, and Hero had some big-time shots too. I know we're going to go through the players, but um, there, there are some things that you can take away from this that I think uh, there isn't – um, that overwhelm, overwhelming sense that the tides have shifted or anything like that with the series. And when you talk about his stats, what's amazing to me is that we've, we've talked about all season kind of, he's a guy that's like Iguodala. He's just, he's a guy that just doesn't show up in a stat sheet. You don't really realize what he does on the court sometimes that he, he just does plays that just don't show up. Like, like the play I mentioned when he just, he took on four defenders to get that ball. So that's what stands out is that now he seems like he's becoming a player that's not only impacting the game, without a stat sheet, but now he's filling up the stat sheet pretty well. Uh, another quote that came in, and then we'll go to break. Um, Sean Hyken, uh, who we've had on the podcast here, uh, he asked um, Spolster why he didn't challenge the foul on Dragic at the end of the fourth. That was on DiVincenzo that led to the one out of two free throws um, that tied that, that made the, that tied the game before uh, Dragic missed a difficult shot from the corner with 1.9 left. By the way, I thought that was odd, too, that Spolster took Bam off the court. For the last 1.9, yes, I mean, there is time for a tip there, right? I mean, yep. if, if you get it off quickly, um, that was an odd one. But he asked Spolstra, he said, why he didn't challenge it? He said, I didn't get a look at it. Maybe we could have had the officials bail us out. We did enough things to lose the game. Milwaukee deserved to win. So he's staying with that theme. He did challenge the call on Bam in the overtime. That was a questionable one, but I don't have an issue with him challenging. You might as well burn it there but then he didn't have a time at the end. Exactly. So, so it, it, it did, it, it was one of those games, you know, I, I think we we've given Eric a lot of praise for everything that's happened. They're still up three, one, uh, but it didn't seem like a lot of the strings he pulled today worked as well as the others. The only string he pulled, and we'll get to this after the break that I thought worked was keeping hero out there because I would have gone with Duncan late and the, the way that both of them were going. And but Tyler, the thing with Tyler is we'll talk about this more. Tyler doesn't care what he's done earlier in the game. And he ends up making three huge shots and almost got contact on the last one. I tweeted right before he took it. I get it to Tyler now and see if he could draw contact. He almost did. Um, he almost ended up with a, a four point play before we do though, a word from another of our great sponsors, safecubbies.com. I want to introduce you to another of the great new sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and it is a sponsor that would be important in any time if you want to have a beautiful workspace, but it's especially important now when you need a safe one as well, and that's safecubbies.com, which offers modular office solutions designed to elevate your open office into a modern and safe environment at any budget. You can personalize your workspace with options like whiteboards, magnetic panels, acrylic sheets, and graphic branding. Most of the surfaces are non-porous for easy cleaning and can be removed or replaced within minutes. Now, this is for workplaces. They've got a bunch of different options on their professional series, but also they've got private room solutions, dividers, and sneeze guards, and they have a classroom series as well. So if you're involved with the school, this is definitely something your school should check out, of course, if we have school in the fall. And that's the point here. We were entering a new normal period with COVID-19. SafeCubbies.com, which is locally owned, is the place that you want to go. The phone number. 
All right, Ethan Skolnick back here with Greg Sylvander and Brady Hawk. Again, if you're looking for Alphonse Sidney, he's deep in Biscayne Bay Brewing with his Manscaped products. Oh, well, he's not going to use those, but the, uh, on the feed, at least, we hope, uh, on the YouTube channel. So make sure that you check that out. Alpha will be back with us this week. We're going split squad so we can give you guys as much content as possible. Help us get to 5,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel, too. We are close. All right, let's get to some of the players here in this game. And I, I don't know if we dwell too much on any of them other than Bam because, I, I again, I feel like this was kind of a collective letdown for, for a lot of players on this team today um but uh, let, let's get into hero a little bit um he was four of 11 from the floor did was three of six from three and did have four rebounds and four assists did have three turnovers uh, how do how do they handle him in the games he's not going well because it seems like Spolcher is inclined to play him the full 12 minutes in the fourth quarter anyway yeah no they trust him at an unprecedented level for a rookie including Dwight this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said done and that's apparent now uh and ultimately i think this is all pretty healthy stuff for hero to be going through even in a loss today so you you like to see him embrace those moments he's not flustered one bit like he literally does not even flinch when he's going through those moments so um it, it, that's one if you're going to take a couple encouraging things and everybody knows that that that's kind of my vibe um i would say that duncan finding his shot hero playing as well as he did late and bam are probably your three best uh takeaways yeah what stands out to me with hero is just that when you talk about him and, and duncan in the fourth quarter and stuff 
I think the big difference is that he's able to – he's a ball handler that is able to create his own shot, which is at that point of a game in a close game, you kind of need that more than a catch-and-shoot guy, I think. So I think that's just the biggest thing just from Spo's aspect. I think he, you look at Jimmy and Bam, obviously Jimmy can create his, uh, create his own shot, but it, it's not consistent at times. So I think you kind of look at Tyler a lot of these times, him and Goron at the end of a game to kind of close stuff out and get some big shots from obviously from the mid range and, and three. I want to get into Dragic here. Uh, you know, he's really only had a couple of sort of low efficiency games in the playoffs. This was, this was the second uh, five of 17 from the floor, one of nine from three. We have discussed this. He did end up with 17 points, four rebounds, and eight assists. So there was production, and he was just minus one on the game. So he wasn't a big minus. But it's becoming pretty apparent, guys, that they, they can't count on Kendrick Nunn. Um, you know, he, he made that one three, and I was like, oh, he looks like he has his confidence. But it's just – it's so choppy with him out there, and he was minus seven in eight minutes. And I just I, – again, I wonder, you know, if, if you get this thing finished on Tuesday, great, you can give Goran still five or six days off. But I just I wonder about the burden that they're putting on him at this stage at his age. Yeah, no, they, I think it's a valid concern because Kendrick Nunn is, is borderline unplayable. I mean, maybe you can spell guys for a few minutes here or there. So now, you know what? Like this also becomes a Jimmy thing because as much as Gorn is facilitating and being relied on to do that, they're going to need Jimmy to do it even more. And uh, so that's just another thing as they turn around quickly, 40-minute games um, to see how they kind of respond to the to the game five when – you don't know if you can rely on getting much from none or any of the other guards. And we talk about none, like his scoring aspect, but what stood out to me is just kind of when he's on the court, the spacing on offense is just, it's just not good. You know, he, he, when he's mm-hmm. penetrating the way he did earlier in the season, it was working, but now it kind of seems like he's just in the way when he drives, he kind of do, does like a, like a bit of a dump off pass a bunch of times. That's kind of his go-to whenever he's like, whenever he can't get a layup or something. And it kind of just jumbles up the, the pain area. So I think that's the, just the spacing aspect because we talked about that, that ninth man with Derek Jones and, and Kendrick Nunn, and we said that Derek Jones was kind of a, a guy that's, that has a spacing problem because he can't shoot. But I think right. that Nunn it actually has worse of a spacing uh, problem than, than Derek Jones would. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, considering the fact, too, that Derek did make the two threes last time, I was surprised Derek didn't get any run today. Um, I was surprised. Even for a five-minute change of pace, I mean – you don't have Chris Silva, who, who during the early parts of the season was kind of that energy injection. Like if the team was lethargic, like Spolcher would throw him in just to break shit for five minutes. Derek is not that, but he, he does give them that vertical spacing. He does give that that energy. When they get a dunk, they get enthused. I mean, it's not quite like it is when they're doing it in American Airlines Arena. It's a little surprised, especially when you're not playing none or Linux in the second half. Like, yeah. Because the, the other thing with DJJ is if you get him in there with the right mix, you can then switch literally everything. And you don't have mm-hmm. to worry about having a guy isolated like a Middleton on a hero or um, a Middleton on a Gorin or something like that. So I was surprised that he didn't at least give it a little bit more of a shot because at that point, like you're kind of the well is dry at the end of the bench. So it, it, I, I would expect that that would be something that we would see corrected in game five from a coaching perspective. Yeah, and I thought they'd give him more yeah. run heading into that to the – we don't know whether they're playing Boston or Toronto, but I think he could be a big impact in either against either one of those teams. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but the, both of those teams, like I talked about before, I think that he can, he can guard a, a Fred Van Vliet at times. He can guard a, a Jalen Brown at times. I think the, just his ability to guard so many positions that they could utilize him in that series 
even more than they can now, even though. But why wouldn't he have used him? That's, that's my question, Brady. That's why I don't understand. They obviously were having difficulty with Middleton today, right? I mean, they, they slowed him right. in the fourth, but I kind of felt like Middleton slowed himself because he, he just, he was exhausted. He only played 40 minutes once the whole year. And they just were not having any luck with him. I, you know, Jay wasn't having a lot of luck with him. I mean, nobody really was. I, I don't know why you wouldn't look at Derek Jones Jr. for a couple of minutes if you were not playing anybody else. I think it does get back to what you're saying, Greg, that it was like Eric was kind of like, let's just close this out with my core seven today and, and try to get this over with. And then I'll, we'll regroup for the next series. But, and I remember Doc Rivers doing that with Boston against the big three. I think like he only played like six and a half guys, <laughs> like a lot, a lot of that last series against the heat. But eventually it was like, you got to the end and you had Rondo at 43 minutes and you had Pierce at 42 and it was, it's, you feel it. And I, I understand this is a well-conditioned team, but it's also strange circumstances. You've been playing every other day now for a month with the exception of that one week that you have, but six weeks really you've been doing this for. And I just, I don't know. I, I would have mixed in somebody else and, and I'm not usually I, that guy, but I would have mixed in somebody else. I think when you look back against all the times that they played Milwaukee during the season, Derek Jones Jr. Most of his minutes came when Giannis was on the floor. So I don't know mm -hmm. if they liked his double teaming and how he was kind of a disruptor on how many they would double team him so many times. So that may have something to play in that obviously Giannis was out. So they, they didn't like their matchup as much, but it doesn't make sense because I feel like he could have been a guy that could have guarded Middleton, especially with the way he was playing. All right. We're going to get to a little bit more look forward now to game, game five and kind of where the heat go from here, particularly if Giannis is not playing before we do want to tell you about another great sponsor of the five reasons sports network. And that's lessons via leaders. This is a weekly podcast show where they interview a new entrepreneur, founder, or thought leader, each week, many of their guests are local leaders here in South Florida that build huge businesses and foster large communities and movements. Each show features a new guest that shares with the audience valuable lessons and learnings that they've amassed over the course of their careers. I went on as a guest with Will Weintraub. I had a, a great time because he's incredibly prepared and he makes you think. And it's really a great podcast. It's one of the ones I wish I, we had in our network. So find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. They also have a video version of each episode that they post on YouTube. So again, it's the Lessons Via Leaders podcast. All right, let's get to where they go from here because, I mean, they're going to try to put this behind them. They're going to have a practice tomorrow. They didn't, I don't think they worked much yesterday because they weren't available. Um, and I don't expect Giannis to be out there. Obviously, that's going to be a storyline. And now we're kind of getting off the weekends. So all the ESPN shows start. Well, Giannis got it out for his team. Will he put himself at more risk like Kevin Durant did? And we know what happened there with Golden State. I'll start here where you guys saw uh, the way you guys saw it happen. Do you expect Giannis to play in game five? I would probably say it's 50, 50. Um, I feel like there's like Giannis is going to want to play, but I think if they're really going to put his future first, that, that he probably would sit out particularly with the success Milwaukee saw in the second half. Um, and so, I mean, there's a part of me that thinks that he's going to individually want to be out there and push through, but the, the ankle's just not going to be in, in the right shape to play because it's just too quick of a turnaround. I think it comes down to how, how it feels tomorrow because that's just the – you've got to give it 24 hours, I feel like. But the way he kind of walked off the court after that free throw, it kind of – it was a little bit of a good sign because he was walking on it pretty good. As When he first got up, it was kind of stiff, but then he started walking pretty normally after it. So I, I – I think we're just going to kind of figure it out what, what it is tomorrow. But right, as of right now, I, don't, I think that there's a possibility that he plays for sure on Tuesday. 
Well, but this is all about narratives too, right? And he's going to hear it um, either way. And he's going to want to play. And then you get in this really tricky situation where it's, you know, the Bucks. you know, you don't want to push him to play certainly because you don't want to be responsible for him getting hurt. And this is, this is still your franchise player under contract for another season after this, right? Um, but beyond that, you also, you know, you don't want to pull – you don't want to – I don't know. You, you don't want to let him make his own decision. It's going to be a bad decision for him personally. Um, but you also don't want to hold him back and then have frustration from him that he wasn't allowed to play in this game. And so as a result, he's hearing it from the media and he lets his teammates down. Bud's in a tough spot. Like, I'm not saying he didn't want to win this game and extend this, but, but this puts him in a difficult spot. If, if he does not play, what can the Heat do with a day to prepare? Because they, they all expected Giannis to play. I talked to people inside the Heat organization. They're like, he's playing. He's playing. He's going to work out before the game he's going to play. Now I think there's a legitimate shot he does not play. So what do you do with the day to prepare now when you know what they are, that their ball's going to move more, they're going to play through Bledsoe and Middleton for the most part. Um, how do you adjust to this differently, Greg? A couple of things. One, you, um, you know that Middleton and Bledsoe are going to be the main two initiators. Brooke Lopez is a scorer, but I think really Middleton and to a lesser extent Bledsoe are the guys you hone in on. So you can just approach the game differently from a matchup perspective right off the bat because you know who you're up against. And then the other key thing is that the effort level, and this really ties back to that max effort stuff that I think we're going to hear from a lot of the players uh, as a, you know, like broken records until the next game is um, Cooper Moorhead uh, tweeted that points off turnovers in game one, 28, game two, 22, game three, 14, game four, 11. Um, it just shows that there were moments where there were either mistakes or they didn't capitalize on opportunities because they weren't to the right spots just yet. So that's just, those are the things that they need to just hone in on. And I think that they'll clean that up and, and get this one, the gentleman sweep, heat and five. And, and to both of your points, the Middleton thing is probably the one that stands out to me the most as well. Cause I think, if you're able to to cone in on a on a matchup with with Antetokounmpo, I think you could definitely figure out a way to stop Middleton. Especially with the biggest thing to me is just Ethan mentioned it earlier, just not fouling the jump shooter, and he's a guy that utilizes that pump fake and tries to jump into you a bunch of times. So if you just kind of just guard him, not as aggressive, I think that's just the biggest thing. And the other thing about the turnovers, I think that may have to play into Giannis not playing today because. He's a guy that gets a lot of turnovers because obviously he's a big part of their offense that's aggressive driving and everything, especially against this Heat team who just disrupts them. So I think that's that's an interesting point, but I think that has a lot to do with Giannis not playing. Yeah, and I think you're right in the sense that, look, they can load up on Giannis. I mean, look, he's a great player, and I don't want anybody to jump to a conclusion here. Well, they're better without Giannis. I mean, I know the minutes have been better without Giannis in this series, but over an extended period of time, like you can survive a star's absence and even play better without the star with other guys raising their game. Of course, it's called the Ewing theory, if you're familiar with it. And there's a lot of examples of it, but it's very difficult to sustain, right? It's very difficult to sustain that the Knicks were able to sustain in the 99 playoffs, you know, beating the heat and obviously advancing to play the Spurs in the finals before they lost because they had, they had a group uh, that hadn't played together a whole lot that year. And, you know, they kind of got Camby Sprewell and Houston all going at the same time. They simplified things under Jeff Van Gundy. But it is difficult to sustain it over, you know, an entire series at times. And, and I, I, I don't know really that Milwaukee has anywhere else they can go from other than what they did today. And I do think that the Heat can be better prepared for this. I do think you're going to see Derek Jones Jr. in this next game. 
Um, I think you may not see Kendrick Nunn at all. I, I think that there's, there's going to be some personnel adjustments in addition. And I also think Eric will go deeper. You, you can't keep saying, like he's saying, our, our depth, our bench, our depth is our strength and then play seven guys for the last, what was it? 29 minutes of the game. Right. Um, yep. it, it's, I, I think there needs to be an adjustment there. All right. One more thing we want to get to before we do, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the five reasons sports network. And that's my bookie winning season returns at my bookie. It means doubling your first deposit. Winning season also means survivors, super contests and squares. And my bookie winning season means hitting all your parlays props with your feet up and watching your team trounce their rivals or squander it and go to a game five. So it's also, in addition to the NBA, the NFL season starts next Sunday. We're going to be starting with a new show called uh, Yard Prep, which is based on our three yards per carry podcast. That's going to be on every Sunday at 1130 to get you ready for the Dolphins. But you can also bet on it. Use the promo code five on the floor, five on the floor. And you can do NFL bets, NBA bets, MMA bets, eSports bets, whatever you want to bet, you can do it there. And you can also double your first deposit with that promo code, five on the floor. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. It's designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. So go to mybookie.ag. That's mybookie.ag. Use the promo code five on the floor. All right, we're obviously going to do another episode tomorrow and kind of look into um, some more specifics in terms of what the Heat uh, can do. Uh, but let's uh, let, let's switch gears here a little bit because obviously there's still a pretty good chance the Heat are going to advance. I don't want to jinx it. Does everybody get mad at me? Um, but let's talk briefly about Toronto-Boston now that that's 2-2. And uh, that went to 2-2 over the weekend. Kyle Lowry had kind of a vintage performance in game four where he didn't shoot well, but he did everything else, including flopping, but there was a lot of other good stuff that was accomplished there. And that series really turned on one play, the, the Ananobi three off the Lowry pass. Um, who do you guys like in the last three games of that series and what should we be looking for? I ultimately, I ultimately think that Toronto is going to end up winning that series. Um, I think it's kind of going to come down to which kind of the way that Miami wants to play. If, if obviously if they advance, because um, Toronto is going to be, it's going to be more of a gritty series, going to be more of a physical series. Obviously, we've seen that what we played them all season. Um, Boston's going to be more of a, I think there's more of a chance of Miami kind of catching them off guard in, against Boston sometimes, because if sometimes when they're just not on, that just that's kind of it. They don't have nothing else when they're just not hitting their shots. So I think that's a big part of it. It's kind of like, it's just kind of the way they want to play. I think, but. I actually think that Boston's probably the better matchup because I think they could get a couple games in from them if they just aren't shooting well. So that's kind of where I stand. Yeah, I think Boston's going to probably win the series. And ultimately, that's not the matchup that I like best for the Heat. I think that there's elements of the Toronto matchup, despite the, there's some challenges there with the, with the guards. And obviously, OG on Jimmy doesn't sound like a, like a great uh, fun time for Jimmy for you know six or seven games. But when I look at the wings in, I, for Boston, as well as the Kemba and, and just some of the defensive stuff they can do. And, and when you see what Milwaukee did today and the way that they sized down and the trouble that it presented for Miami, I think that Boston can do a lot of those things with even better talent out there. And, and make no mistake, Toronto has, uh, you know, the horses to do it as well. But, um, 
ultimately, I like the Toronto matchup better. I think the regular season showed a little bit of that too. Um, so, but I'm expecting Boston to advance. Yeah, I, I, I think Boston advances, but there is a toughness to that Toronto team. And I'm just wondering if they get into a game seven situation and with everything that Lowry and that group was, and Van Vliet and others were through last year. And, you're, you know, I, you know, Tatum may have, another, he's had some clunkers in the bubble. Not all of them. I mean, he's had some really strong games too, but he's had some clunkers. And I just wonder in that sequence, in that circumstance, you know, if maybe you get one in a game seven. So I'm starting to lean towards Toronto. And, and I, I do think that's a better matchup for Miami. But also we saw today that why that matchup can be problematic because Toronto spreads it out, you know? <laughs> I mean, Siakam finally had a strong game, but he's not been their leading presence in the bubble offensively. It's been mostly Van Vliet. Uh, or Lowry, or, you know, at times, you know, Ibaka's gotten involved, others have gotten involved. It hasn't always been Siakam. They spread it out a little bit more. I do feel like with Boston that there will be an effort to sort of hone in on Tatum and Walker specifically. Jalen Brown gets what he gets. He's gone off against the Heat this year in part because they've employed that strategy. But I kind of feel, I don't know, I feel like that's, that may be in some ways easier to prepare for where we've seen the Heat go now. But we'll see. First, got to close out this series. I'm going to end here with a quote from uh, Jimmy Butler. Alex was on the calls. Again, check out the YouTube feed. Jimmy Butler, we didn't deserve to win that game. We didn't play our type of basketball. And he also said, I got one more here from Alex. He said, we did what I always say we can't do, get comfortable. And I feel to a certain degree, Jimmy did today too. And I, I, he's including himself. But to me, the only guy he wasn't comfortable today was Bam. The rest of them, it just it was not closeout effort. Um, on the road, at home, in a bubble, it wasn't closeout effort against a team that's still pretty good, even without its star, and played pretty well without its star this year and against the Heat specifically in this series. All right, Brady Hawk, follow him at Brady Hawk 305. Greg Sylvander, Ethan J. Skolnick. If you want to hear more, uh, I don't know, I think probably I'm guessing there'll be a little more passion on the other one. We tried to give you a little bit more analysis on this one. You can check out the YouTube feed uh, at any point. That'll be up overnight. We'll be back tomorrow. the five on the floor on the five regional sports network. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. 
Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.